The quarterback carousel is spinning in the 2022 offseason. Up to 20 teams that might have a new quarterback, some more likely than others. Where will that carousel stop spinning and land for those teams? Trades, free agents, draft, coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Let's talk quarterback movement, quarterback carousel. Part one of two, because this is going to take a while. There's a lot of teams that could potentially move on from their starting quarterbacks. Which of those teams will actually do that? I think we have a pretty good idea projecting this thing out in the 2022 offseason. With the combine coming up next week, I think it's uh, it's a good idea for us to finish this conversation to end this week in case something big happens at the combine. We've got to talk about all the things that could potentially happen here with quarterback movement around the NFL. We'll go through all the teams that we think could be changing quarterbacks, whether we think they will, whether they think they should, and maybe project where some of these quarterbacks will end up. Option A, option B, uh, what the fallbacks might be for some of these teams and where they think, where we think the carousel will stop at certain franchises that are quarterback needy or could become quarterback needy if they trade their guy in the 2022 offseason, Matt. And this is going to be another all-timer, I think, for quarterback movement in the NFL. And traditionally, it's not something we've seen a lot of. More recently, teams have been more willing to move and do whatever they can to acquire a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I remember this time last year, it was right before the Combine, and Adam Schefter sent out a tweet saying, I think this was the number, I'm expecting 18 teams to have new quarterbacks next year. 18? There's only 32 in the league. What are you talking about, Adam? (laughs) And I remember we went through it, and when it was all said and done, I think it was like 14 or 15. I mean, there was a lot of change when it was all said and done, and this year could be more. I mean, and that includes rookies. That includes free agents. That includes trades, you know, retirements. You know, the guys like mm-hmm. Ben and Brady aren't going to be back, you know, so there's two right off the bat. Are you? Are we so sure? Hold quick. on. Are we sure about that, Matt? Are we <laughs> sure Ben and Brady are really going to stay gone? Uh, that's another storyline to follow here, and that, might, that name might pop up for at least one team here as we go through this. But uh, one of the things that's going to change this offseason versus last offseason, I think more teams were willing – to go all in in the draft to find their guy, that might not happen this year, at least in the yeah. short term. So that might put more onus on teams to do something with veteran quarterbacks, whether it's trade free agency, uh, because they don't see that player at the top of the draft that is really uh, someone that convinces them as a prospect that he is the guy going forward early or at all in his quarterback career for that franchise. So I think that's what might drive things this offseason, a little slightly different from last offseason. But again, a lot more movement. If there was 18 quarterbacks that changed uh, as starters last year, and there's 18 more this year, how's that even possible, Matt? That's the entire league. Right, That's right. more than Holmes the entire and league. Allen aren't going anywhere. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't leave them anymore. You know, like, <laughs> the, who are the incumbents? This is why we can do a podcast five days a week throughout the offseason, Matt. This is why the Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day, because we can do this every day, because the NFL never sleeps. Combine next week. Let's talk quarterback carousel today. Matt, I want to get the teams out of the way first that I think are the least likely and some teams we won't talk about at all. You know, Kansas City, sure, sure. Buffalo, Kansas City, Buffalo right. Cincinnati. You know, we know what's going on with the, with those cities. But there are some teams where there's been some noise that there could be quarterback movement. And I want to start with that grouping of teams first, then maybe another group of teams that's more likely but 
potentially not, and then the group of teams that are almost a lock to have some different quarterback and what those could look like, and that'll be a, a lot of fun too. So I want to start with the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Okay. You would think that's a slam dunk. It's but. not happening, right? But there was some heat to this, and this was a storyline this offseason and scrubbing of all Cardinals' photos in his social media. I think he's kind of gotten over that. Maybe it was he was talking to buddies at the, at the Pro Bowl when that happened, and maybe he got some ideas of maybe uh, building a super team somewhere else, and then heads were more level the, the following week. And I think we can put that one to bed, right? I think so. I, I, we didn't really talk about this because there's a couple things I want to throw out there is if you look through the tea leaves, as I often say, teams will tell you what they think of their players, especially their quarterbacks. And I think we can agree that Kyler hasn't improved by leaps and bounds since he came to the league. He's not much different now than rookie Kyler. And that's still pretty darn good. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not implying he's not a good leader or he's immature, but he's young. And what I'm saying is he always had Larry Fitzgerald or there, there was always an older brother in that building. And then when Larry retired, what'd they do? They went and got AJ Green, JJ Watt, Rodney Hudson. And I'm, you know, we're sitting there on the surface going, why are they getting all these old dudes? Well, they need leaders. You know, I'm not sure that Kyler is an extreme leader at this point and, you know, is doing, is he the last one out of the building, first one in, and now he wants a new contract. And you could just see where there's a little crack in the relationship right now. Cracks aside, and I built a spreadsheet. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you so bad. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Everyone just blames the organization, but maybe the quarterback deserves a little heat in this relationship issue too. Oh, I'm I'm sure there's, there's, there's heat involved in all of these situations with ego and teams and players with all of these and and um, some probably enough blame on both sides when things end up ending well or ending poorly and um, so that, I think that's completely fair but cracks aside when it comes to Kyler Murray I built this spreadsheet you know plan a plan b what a fallback option would be in the most likely landing spots for all these quarterbacks with these different franchises and for the Arizona Cardinals their option a is Kyler Murray there's no plan B. So this none of this makes right, sense. You right. can't trade Kyler Murray. What are you going to get for Kyler Murray, right? What, what what could that trade even make sense for the Arizona Cardinals? So no way that happens to me. I agree. And they're a playoff team. They're good. They're not going to blow the whole thing up and you know trade them for a bunch of draft picks like Seattle might. Uh, funny little side antidote here. I find it humorous that one of us couldn't sleep one night and starts building a spreadsheet, sends it to the other, and maybe we should talk about this on the podcast. And this is the first time I think I've been the recipient of that. <laughs> I get a lot of these spreadsheets <laughs> from Matt Williamson who can't sleep, and maybe this is what the rest of my life is going to look like, 3 a.m. spreadsheets, <laughs> trying not to wake up the rest of my family. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it, is, it has begun for me, Matt. <laughs> I like to hear. You're turning a corner. <laughs> um, all right. Minnesota so Kyler's Vikings. going to stay home. Yes, Kyler's staying. Minnesota Vikings. Plan A is maybe, you could argue plan A is still just Kirk Cousins, period. Maybe plan A is they're blown away by an offer from another franchise, and then plan B is Kirk Cousins. But there's no fallback. There's no plan C to me. I don't see it changing. Minnesota Vikings, it's just going to remain the same Kirk Cousins to me. Side note here, I think you're right, but... A lot of these new hired coaches, and this will apply to the Giants and others, we assume got hired because they're going to take the quarterback there and deal with it and work around him 
and or improve him. And I think it's a little different than obviously Jacksonville, Chicago, you know, where it's a, a, a second year guy. But I'm not sure we know that 100% on all these new coach quarterback combinations. Because speaking of Arizona, didn't Kingsbury get hired to get Rosen right? And then he convinced everybody, well, what about this Tyler guy? You know, <laughs> That's true. And I think you say one thing to get the job, then you get in the building. You're like, you know, we should listen to some offers at least. Yeah, and let's at then, least watch tape of this guy. Right. He's pretty good. Yeah. So maybe potentially movement, but I've still got – Kirk Cousins penciled in as a starting quarterback week one for the Minnesota Vikings. And there's another one that's similar, Las Vegas Raiders. And I think yeah, that yeah. Derek Carr is their plan. Same deal. I have Derek Carr penciled in there. And the only thing that makes sense for the Raiders to me in this is if they were able to swing a deal for um, like Russell Wilson. And then in that case, the Seattle Seahawks would have wanted to get Derek Carr or maybe um, the Green Bay Packers are okay with trading Aaron Rodgers. If Rodgers says he has to go, then they make that happen. And then they make a deal to a three-way trade. I don't know, something crazy where Derek Carr ends up in Green Bay with his former wide receiver from Fresno State. And I, I just, I just, these teams don't get better by trading their franchise quarterback, which is why I have Russell Wilson staying in Seattle. I have Green Bay or Aaron Rodgers staying with the Packers. I have Derek Carr staying with the Las Vegas Raiders. You you don't get better, so it has to be the quarterback forcing their way out, right? And, and Derek Carr is not going to force his way out. Is we can kind of group some of these together. Is Russell Wilson going to force his way out? Is Aaron Rodgers going to force his way out? Because that changes what movement we decide to do with all the rest of these teams. Hundred percent. And I do think the Raiders and Vikings are similar. New coach. I'm not sure who's the better team, but they're both above. They're both average. You know, I know the Raiders went to the postseason. But I think the Vikings would love someone to call them about Cousins. Hey, take our salary away, give us a pick. Where I'm not sure the Raiders, to your point, I agree with what you're saying, are looking for anything but except an upgrade. Hey, if you're going to call me with an upgrade over Carr, I'm all ears. But I don't think I want two first-round picks and Sam Howell is my quarterback next year. You know, I, I just don't think we're, that's where the franchise is right now. And recently, uh, our, our colleague from Locked On Seahawks, Corbin Smith did a podcast talking about what a trade offer should look like for the Seattle Seahawks and what they would be looking for if they traded Russell Wilson. And mm -hmm. it involves getting a good quarterback in return and staying good. That doesn't exist for you. The Seahawks yeah, I, don't, I don't get better works. by trading yeah. Russell Wilson. They, they, they fall apart. They're terrible. They get a bunch of draft picks and they're better later. That's it. You're either building around Russell, trying to win now, or you're getting worse and you're trying to be better later. Getting a, a worse quarterback in return makes zero sense. Uh, so Russell Wilson, unless he forces a way out, he's staying absolutely in Seattle. I tend to agree, too. I mean, maybe they would work a deal that somehow they end up with Daniel Jones or Jordan Love or somebody like that and say, that's probably our opening day starter, but we're also going to draft one in the first round. If they were to blow it up, you know, just... I'm just saying, if they make a deal with the Giants, maybe Jones would be involved, kind of in a Goff-like manner where, okay, take our guy too, just to make this a smoother transition. But uh, I think they should trade Wilson. I mean, I don't know if you saw the blurb today, but 
there was even talk of Metcalf potentially getting traded for a first round pick. And right. Like, well, you're going to go down that road. That's the pl- why keep DK Metcalf if that's the case. Right. Right. You know, right. if you're going with draft picks and Geno Smith, why are you keeping DK Metcalf? You win, uh, you win three games instead of two games next year. You know, what's the mm-hmm. point of that? Um, so you have to maximize what you're bringing in return. Fix your salary cap situation. Trade. I don't know if there's a market for him anymore, but trade Jamal Adams as well. Right. That's it's it's either blow it up or win with Russell Wilson. There's only two mm-hmm. paths here. This other door that should that'll magically appear where they're still good with a different quarterback that's not Russell Wilson that that door doesn't exist. No, hundred percent. In a way, it's kind of like the Vikings too, except Wilson's much better than Cousins in that we can run it back and compete with Cousins, or we can blow it up if somebody will take him off our hands, you know. And then you're trading Daniel Hunter and those type of guys too, you know. Okay, we've got 20 total teams here. This is going to be a two-part <laughs> series, and we're, we're going to start to move on to the teams that maybe might be a little bit more realistic in their starting quarterbacks being different in the 2022 season and beyond. Football season might be over, but that doesn't mean that's the end of your ability to bet on the NFL. There are Super Bowl futures, NFL draft props, more and more NFL draft props coming as we get closer to April and oh yeah basketball season in full steam both pro and college hoops the NCAA tournament is coming up which is always fun to wager on the latest odds totals player performance props where you find the next fired coach betonline.net the number one spot for all your sports betting needs BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores and news this season. It's not just about basketball or football. BetOnline has hockey, boxing, UFC lines, Olympic coverage was great at BetOnline, and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Poker, blackjack, yeah, you got it at BetOnline.net. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and all the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So much from all these teams, Matt, hinges on what the Packers do, what the Seahawks do. If Russell Wilson forces his way out, if Aaron Rodgers forces his way out, because option A, plan A for all these teams is let's call Seattle, let's call Green Bay. Maybe the Deshaun Watson situation makes sense. And that's right. And almost all the teams that are trying to upgrade, that's the first phone call they make, which is why it'd be such a huge return for one of those teams. If one of those players is on the block, we've got to start in Green Bay. We've got Russell Wilson staying in Seattle. Aaron Rodgers. Do we keep Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Because they're in a similar situation where they don't get better. They've got to start moving on from multiple people and, and uh, maybe drafting their next quarterback because you're not going to get somebody in-house that's going to you know help you win 13 games again if you're the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers is gone, and, and including Jordan Love. Right. I mean, that's the biggest domino, uh, and without question. I don't think Watson's going to be on t- – I think he'll be on a different team. When it's all said and done, I think Rodgers will be a Packer and Wilson will probably be a Seahawk, but we just talked that one through. I just think that Rodgers looks at the the NFC, the division, the success he's had, and they figure out a way to keep him and extend him. But then 
there's still a domino with him staying. I think they trade Jordan Love, though. I mean, I think Jordan Love ends up in Atlanta or something like that. I like that. So now there's a new piece to work with here. There's a few free agents mm-hmm. out there. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, Cam Newton, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Of, of any like stopgappy sort of quarterbacks mm-hmm. or someone who could be a starter this year for a team, those are pretty much the names that, that we might be looking at. Jordan Love is an interesting wrinkle out there because of Rod stays it would be smart I think to get a little something back for Jordan Love and maybe a team could look at Love as well okay we like Love just about as much as we like any of these quarterbacks in the draft he's going to be a lot cheaper than we can build you know draft some other good players and so Jordan Love's an interesting piece out there that I think we could utilize a little bit later but Aaron Rodgers 50 million dollars a year for the next couple years staying in Green Bay I think that's the most likely even though he'll still be the plan a on some of these lists I think that's what happens, too. I mean, I don't know that for a fact. And then Love then competes with, as you mentioned, the top five or six quarterbacks in the draft, as well as Winston Mariota, Trubisky. You know, like, all those guys to me are, one, talented, two, pretty young, three, reasonably cheap, you know, that, you know, including the rookies, you know, that I don't have to pay them a ton of money, and still have upside. The Atlanta Falcons, you can start to talk me into a Matt Ryan trade. In fact, I would be trying to trade Matt Ryan if I was the GM of the Atlanta Falcons while he still has some value because this team's not going anywhere as currently constructed. By the time the Falcons are good, Matt Ryan's going to be gone anyway. I think they screwed up last year. Uh, as good as I think their their young tight end is, I mean, Kyle Pitts is a freak of nature and he's going to be really good for a really long time for the Falcons. That's not going to move the needle like a quarterback enough, right? would have. That's so Saquon I, Barkley with the Giants. I right. mean, it's like great, you know. So that said, Matt Ryan, I think he, sh- I think Plan B should be Matt Ryan for the Falcons. Plan A should be let's see if we can get that offer that makes sense for us to move away from Matt Ryan. Do you agree? I do. I I can't see anything good about where the Falcons are right now. I mean, I'd rather be GM of the Texans or Jags. I think they're really in a bind. And I wonder, I don't know the the ramifications of trading him and the dead money and all that, but I know it's awful. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible contract that I wonder, would they be better off calling a team with cap space and say, we'll give you Matt Ryan in a second for a fifth, you know, like take him away and we'll pay you to take him away. I, I think they would, and I don't disagree, I think they would not look at it that way. They would look at it either. as... I don't think they'll do that. Right. So will they get that offer? I don't know if they will, but I think that that should be plan A for them is to see if they can get that offer, then plan B, you stick it out with, with Matt Ryan. And you still have to look at who the next quarterback might be and see if you can find that guy and, and develop him on the mm-hmm. cheap. They have no money. Yeah. But you, I think you can make the argument that the franchise would be better served with Jordan Love or Mitch Trubisky than Matt Ryan as your quarterback on. And here's the other thing is you have to do something with Matt Ryan because he's scheduled to have the biggest cap hit in the history of the entire NFL, 48.662.500 million dollars, almost $49 million of cap hits. So a restructure which might be an extension. Do you kick that can down the road or do you have to do a deal with another team that has cap space and they can do that extension with him and fix that salary cap stuff and you take the hit now? I think that's the way they should go. Will they go that way and will they get an offer for him? We'll find out when we talk about some of these other teams. So right now, Matt Ryan sticking in Atlanta. 
listening that to offers. Messy. Cleveland Browns, what do you do with Baker Mayfield? I think they have to stick it out there and, and just see what he ha- what he looks like here on his fifth-year option, right? And then make a decision next offseason because this was supposed to be the offseason that Baker Mayfield gets a huge contract, and he did not earn that contract last year. See, option one, you have Mayfield. I think option one, which I don't think would happen, would be, hey, Seattle, why don't you take Baker and three firsts or two firsts, hmm. and we're going to try to win the AFC. If and if but Seattle's Seattle's willing like, to, why do I want Baker? Right, but if they are willing to do that, if Corbin Smith of Lockdown Seahawks is correct and that's what they're looking for, maybe that is the sweetheart of a deal, and I would call that a sweetheart of a deal for the Browns to be able to save face, save value. Baker Mayfield can save face. He's someone that the other team likes, that they're uh, you know almost in a Jared Goff-like fashion. I, w- I wouldn't put him necessarily at that level, but it would be a situation where the Seahawks get a lot. They get a quarterback who was drafted number one, who they might still believe can be the guy there's enough excuses built in for Baker Mayfield with injuries that for reasons why he faltered a little bit in Cleveland and Cleveland goes and gets their guy the question is is that one of the teams and wasn't on the list by the way none of the teams that were on Russell Wilson's list except for maybe the Saints and and, you know we know about Mm -hmm. their cap situation none of the teams from Russell Wilson's supposed list last year really makes a lot of sense Uh, maybe Raiders maybe Saints but again it's just it's hard to envision all of that going down which is why I still have Baker Mayfield staying in Cleveland I would as well. And my prediction for the Browns is they're going to cut Keenum and he'll land wherever. And I think you'll draft Drake London or something like that in the first round. And then the second round, they might try to trade up for a how or stand put and take a strong or somebody like that, you know, like a second round quarterback for the Browns or a trade up in round two for the Browns seems like a logical move to me. Miami Dolphins, they're all in at Tua, it feels like, right? I think so. Do they revisit the Deshaun Watson stuff? They already turned that down at the trade trade deadline. New coach, uh, a left-handed Jimmy Garoppolo is what I've called Tua in the past, and they just brought the offensive coordinator from San Francisco over. So Mike McDaniels, is he going to roll and live and die with Tua Tagovailoa over there in in Miami? I think so. I think ownership wants that, and so that's the answer. And it sounds like the New York Giants are sticking with their guy in Daniel Jones, even though I believe they absolutely should yeah. not. Uh, I've got plan A as being Russell Wilson trying to talk the, you know, Wilson and Ciara into wanting to come to the big city, New York. You make that deal. You've got pick five, pick seven in the draft that I think could really be enticing, obviously, to a team like the Seattle Seahawks. That makes the most sense to me, but it sounds more and more like they're going to go uh, with a fallback option like Trubisky who their head coach was just coaching as a backup there in Buffalo, let Trubisky battle it out a little bit with Daniel Jones and enroll that way. I think that's the wrong plan, but I think that is going to be their plan in the 2022 offseason. I agree with everything you said. I think Trubisky makes an awful lot of sense, and those two have some similarities, and you could see where you know that, that would be some competition, uh, an insurance policy, Chances are neither one ends up hitting and you're in this conversation again next year, but you never know. I do think the wild card, as you mentioned here, though, is they take Ekwanu at five. Willis, who I always compare to Josh Allen, lights up the combine, lights up interviews, and all of a sudden we're here in Giants at seven with Willis. Ooh, but Carolina's at six, so if you're willing to go Willis at seven, then you end up going Willis at five, too, you know? So that's just the way it is with the NFL draft. Yeah, good point. So uh, that'll be a really interesting one. 
but before the draft happens, they would have already decided on these other things. So it would be Jones, Trubisky, plus Willis, potentially. Right. For the New York we'll know that answer right. as so soon as the first way. We finally found a team that's going to bring in a new quarterback, and they're going to swing for the fences with Mitch Trubisky in New York with the New York Giants there. Okay, some, some teams that I think are much more difficult, and I need your help on. The Indianapolis Colts, what's going on there? Carson Ooh. Wentz. Philadelphia Eagles have three first-round picks. They could absolutely be a player this offseason, but they've got Jalen Hurts in-house, who made strides last year. And I think the San Francisco 49ers, I have a feeling I know how things are going to go for them. It's going to be a new quarterback for them. They've got to send one quarterback away. Will they bring another quarterback in? And Tom Brady's still looming there as uh, mostly, it feels like, mostly retired, semi-retired. Let's talk about those teams next. The most important thing you can do, whether you're still trying to hang on to that New Year's resolution later into the year, or just trying to get into shape, or just trying to eat a little bit marginally healthier every single day, the best thing you can do is make Built Bars part of your plan. High in protein, low calorie, low sugar snacks that taste great, and you can feel good about eating them. Here is the key. Go to all your secret hiding spots for all your snacks and get rid of the junk. Get rid of it so there's no temptation. And when you do have that temptation, replace it with a Built Bar so you can feel good about the snack you're eating and get that high protein with a low-sugar, low-net-carb snack. Whether it's your desk at work or your purse or your glove box in your car or your pantry at home, wherever it is where all the junk hangs out, replace it with Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate not sure what flavor you want get a mixed box of built bars i recommend the peanut butter but tons of flavors to choose from at built.com go to the website built.com right now use promo code locked 15 and you can get 15 percent off your order that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com tom brady's retired right matt he didn't say the word retired. There's all these conspiracies yeah. going on. Uh, he, and he's like off filming a movie during the spring. I was so. saying, isn't he like producing and starring and directing in a movie? And, yeah. you know, I don't, that doesn't sound like somebody that's, you know, wearing his shoulder pads on the beach getting ready for next week. I think it's smart. I think he needs to keep his mind. He, he can't be idle, right? Because then he'll, he'll come back b- before the draft even happens and be on a team, whether it's, you know, returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or working out some kind of a deal. I have a feeling that he is retired, but he wouldn't mind playing one more year for his hometown team, the San Francisco 49ers. He grew up in the shadow of Candlestick Park. He tried to go to the 49ers a couple years ago after the Niners Super Bowl run. They decided to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is probably the wrong decision, even though they went back to the NFC Championship game this year. Niners trying to trade away Jimmy G. If Tom Brady comes back, maybe it happens in the summertime. He's done filming this movie, and he has the itch, and the Niners bring him back for training camp and work out a trade with Tampa or whatever. They decide to put Lance on the shelf for one more year. I think it's extremely unlikely, but maybe that would be plan A for the 49ers to try to make one more run with Tom Brady. Maybe Tom Brady's only other um, passion for staying in the NFL playing one more year would be to finish off in a storybook fashion win the Super Bowl with his hometown team. That's very unlikely, even though maybe that could be argued as plan A. Uh, Plan B for the 49ers is finding a veteran backup for Trey Lance. Marcus Mariota is a name that's been thrown out there. I think Mariota might have a better opportunity as a stopgap starter somewhere else rather than sitting behind Trey Lance. So I do have some movement here with the 49ers. Uh, That is sending Jimmy Garoppolo away. We'll find him a landing spot later and bringing in Tyrod Taylor, who's worked with new uh, assistant 
head coach Anthony Lynn in multiple spots. Perfect backup quarterback fit, I think, for the 49ers and Trey Lance. So we've got Trey Lance backed up by veteran Tyrod Taylor in San Francisco. Do you see any holes in that plan, Matt? Not at all. Uh, We've mentioned Mariota there as well. I I think both those would make perfect sense. But Tyrod's been around the block more, probably more of a mentor. He's done this many times with Fit the System. I like that um, marriage there that you, you laid out for sure. I have some landing spots for Jimmy, but those teams haven't come out up yet. I don't think Brady will be. I mean, the thing that no one talks about Brady for the Niners, I'm sure you have, is Tampa wants something for the. You can't just leave. So here's I mean, like, the this. If Tom Brady wanted to come back, he hurt himself by the week after he retired, like two days after retiring, saying, "I don't know how I'm going to feel in six months." He left that door open. If he really wanted to come back, he should have acted as retired as possible and made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make a financial decision. Maybe June, you know, after the June 1st cut day, June 2nd, um, you know, cutting him so he could just sign with whoever he wants rather than now Tampa Bay is going to sit here and say, oh, no, 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 we're going to play this out. You're going to stay on the reserve retired list and we're not going to do anything with your contract. And somebody, if you do want to play there, now we're going to get something back. So now the Niners aren't really going to make anything from trading away Jimmy G because they've got to send stuff back to Tampa. And I'm not sure if Tampa wants Jimmy Garoppolo and this will all play out later than the Garoppolo trade anyway so Tom probably hurt himself if his end goal was to play by by saying that leaving the door open so now Tampa's definitely going to sit there and say well if if this happens and look whatever you've earned some some right to decide where you want to go Tom Brady but we'll get a little something in return too if you decide to do that and the other thing is you know it's kind of like what's happening in Green Bay is I don't want a first-round quarterback, especially one you gave so much to go get, sitting on the bench for the first two years of his cheap contract. Then you've got to make a, a decision on the fifth-year option after year three, which is the first year you will have seen him, and there will be growing pains. You right. don't even know what to do with the young quarterback at that point. Right. So, yeah, I agree with you. And, look, he he just can't go three years without playing football. He was already had uh, the the – I've talked about this on the podcast and, and, you know, we've talked about this for a whole year on Locked On 49ers about Trey Lance, but it's one of the most unique draft picks of all time. The the only quarter, the only, a listener had to remind me and help me out with this. I asked, let, let alone first round, let alone top three in the NFL draft. Has there ever been a quarterback drafted in the NFL period, any round that didn't play football the year before? Like Trey Lance, right? right? Trey Lance played one year of FCS didn't play because of the pandemic for an entire season. He had one scrimmagey game then, but no like full season off season practices and all that. Even backup quarterbacks would be through the process and practicing every day and going through the off season program. Trey Lance didn't have that in his season before the draft. You have to go all the way back to Matt Castle, who was drafted oh, he's a backup 230 right. overall. Right. He backed, right. he was Seven on the best it, team right. in college football and backed up, uh, a Heisman Trophy winner that was drafted super high in the first round. That's the that's the only time I can think of, and uh, the last time it happened what was that 2005 or something that a, a quarterback was uh, didn't play really. I mean, he he kind of was on the field, but didn't play the year before he was drafted. So super unique situation. The only one I could think of, and I'm not even sure if I'm right on this, was Roger Staubach because he played at Navy, had a Navy commitment. You know, he had he had to go be in the Navy and serve. And I can't remember if they picked him and then he went to his naval commitment. Yeah, did or, he play first and then went? I think he or, went right. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was college, service, then pro football. Right. So there was so a couple he, year gap there. 
Okay, so yeah, yeah. He, that, that makes sense. I mean, he wouldn't be draft eligible. I, I don't know. I don't know and playbooks look a little bit but... different than those days when Roger Staubach <laughs> came into the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's move on to some teams that I'm having a, a more of a difficult time with here, Matt. And those teams are the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Texans first. I talked to the Houston Texans hosts, the Locked On Texans host, and mm-hmm. Cody and John were on the podcast with me when we were previewing week 17 with the 49ers. And I said, hey, what about Jimmy G, you know, old GM from New England? And they scoffed at it. They're like, what are you talking about? Davis Mills is amazing. He's awesome. He's the guy. So is it just as easy as, hey, we got a, a cheap, maybe future starter in Davis Mills. This draft class isn't amazing. We're not going to spend anything on trading for a guy. None of these top quarterbacks are going to want to come here anyway. So it's Davis Mills, period. I think so. I think it's gotten to that point that we may have gotten. I mean, I'm not saying he's be as good as these guys, but a Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson mid round gift from the gods. We're going to see if it, we can make that work and if he actually will be that unbelievably cost effective. Maybe you bring in a Ryan Fitzpatrick or an Andy Dalton or somebody like that that's not threatening. I totally agree there. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts. That's a hard one. Carson Wentz, what can you do with Carson Wentz? You don't have a first-round pick. You're not going to be able to trade for a big-time player. If you give away Carson Wentz, who takes him, and how do you get better? Are you you swapping Wentz for Garoppolo? That doesn't seem like even an upgrade or worth doing, really. So what do you do if you're the Indianapolis Colts? This is the most difficult team, I think, on the entire list of 20 teams we have here. I think it is, too. Which leads me to think they'll probably just kind of kiss and make up with Wentz and run it back and try to win a bad division. But that owner's a little odd. And if he doesn't like Wentz, Wentz isn't coming back. And, you know, I, I, I think you can look at this two ways. I thought Wentz really played his worst when it mattered most, but it was also when he was coming back from COVID. And I also think you could say, well, then get vaccinated. You know, like, so... I think there's some layers there. It's interesting. The athletic Steeler reporter, Mike, Mark Caboli, wrote something about the Steelers and Wentz today. And I'm like, eh. I mean, and I think most fan bases would say, mm, yeah. I mean, I, I like the good, but boy, I mean, Tampa or Pittsburgh, I mean, they could contend with him, but man, it's volatile. That's what's funny is most of the available quarterbacks, the fan bases are like, ah, no. And the, the, the quarterbacks that fan bases would be excited for, probably won't be available. So this is where things get very interesting here. And and there's a a large grouping of about, what, seven or eight teams at the top of the list that we'll get to on Monday's show that will have some quarterback movement and might have a little bit more... Uh, maybe a little bit more of a, of a prodding, a little bit more of a reason to spend and do something with one of those quarterbacks that, that maybe their fan base isn't super sold on yet because they want to keep their jobs and they want to win now. So the Colts, I think you just have to pencil in Wentz for now unless, do they just, do they go with another veteran and, and try to work out something with the Falcons? What about the Colts and Falcons? Let's get Matt Ryan over to Indy. That's interesting. The Falcons that, would have very, Wentz very then. Because he would be stable, leader, hand the ball off a lot. You know, I, I like that fit a lot. I'm not sure how the logistics would work out. But the Colts are on my Jimmy list, though. I think that's a possibility. That one's just so odd to me. Because I their Colts yeah. and 49ers played this year. And I didn't come away at the end of that game thinking, oh, man, 
uh, the Colts would be so much better with Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought that was, well, first of all, it's kind of a bad weather game, and it was just kind of an mm-hmm. ugly game. But I, I thought, man, and Garoppolo didn't play good in that game either. So I came away with that game thinking, yeah, these are both quarterbacks. These are both starting NFL quarterbacks. And I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't think that it would be worth spending to go from Wentz to Garoppolo. Garoppolo's season ended much better than the Colts' season from there. But if you just Who really— costs more, though? If you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you just would hate Tampa Wentz— give, Would Tampa give Indy a pick for Wentz that they turn around and send to San Francisco for Garoppolo? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it it probably just, wouldn't be that clean. You just have to hate Wentz and know that you're— You have getting, to hate Wentz. You have to hate <laughs> Wentz and know that you're getting a quarterback that can run your offense efficiently, and that's going to be okay with you and, and, and preferable to what you have in Wentz that might make some bigger plays with his arm but is maddening and you want him out of the building. Or, I mean, I think one long shot possibility is <laughs> you'd call whoever call the Eagles with one of their picks at 14-15 or whatever. We'll give you next year's first, which the Eagles would be in the market for, and our second this year, and then they draft Pickett. You know. Interesting. So you utilize a team with extra picks to go get that first rounder you don't have to draft a guy instead. Mm-hmm. I kind of okay. like the sound of that, actually. That's for not both the teams. worst plan. Would it be Who says a, no to that? So you're you getting know? a second rounder just to move your one of your three first round picks back a year if you're the Eagles? Yeah, like I think you move back about around this year, and you already have two firsts, anyways. And I want that future first from the Colts because what if Hertz doesn't work out? I still have two next year to go get mm. the Bama kid or the Ohio ooh, State kid, ooh. or you know. Okay, here we go. This is why I wanted to run that by you because my my spreadsheet has all these names filled in. It's just completely blank. I don't even have a plan A or yeah, a fallback or anything yeah, for right. the Colts. I have no idea what they're going to do, so I don't have a name penciled in there. It's the only team I don't. But for the Eagles to be able to get a future first and not kick the can down the road, be able to draft some talent with Hurts and know that you have two firsts in a year that might have a better quarterback situation for you and you get more information on Jalen Hurts. If you stick with Hurts this year, that is pretty good a pretty good plan for the Eagles and might help out a team like the Colts as mm-hmm. well. And that that's not terrible at all. But the question for the Pick- Eagles Pickett is and Corral are the ones I would think. Because I mean, it's, yeah. you know, I don't think you want to groom Willis. So here's the question for the Eagles: Then would that be Plan A to stick with Hertz and see what you have and and go that route? Maybe add a, a an extra first next year along with an, another second round pick or something like that. Or are you willing to trade all those first round picks and you're in the Wilson Rogers Watson market right now? Is that Plan A for you if you're the Eagles? I think Plan A is Wilson, and I don't think you'll get it'll happen. And then plan B, which is likely, is kind of like we talked about. Give him a, mm-hmm. a big receiver and see another year with Hurts. You have not hardly very very little invested in your quarterback room. Maybe you even trade Minshew and, and bring in another athletic type to back him up, possibly. I'm just, you know, the Tyron Taylor type. Um, and try to maybe accumulate a first next year. I think that's what will happen. I, I think both of us agree it's unlikely that the the Eagles make three picks in five spots or whatever. Yes, and I yeah. just think the returns might not be worth it there versus what you could potentially do moving around, whether you're moving up, whether you're moving back, uh, whether you're yeah strengthening your draft position in a in a future year. You don't want three first round picks, even if you all you hit on all three of them. You don't have to pay all three of those guys at the same time either. So they're all fifth year options, same at the same right. time. So from a team building standpoint, drafting three guys right there, I think is very. Un- 
unlikely for the Eagles. So they're going to be active. And, and we're going to be talking about a lot with the Eagles as it pertains to trades leading up to draft day. I have a feeling. Even if Jalen Hurts, who we have now penciled in as their week one starter next year, even if that plan stays. I agree. I also think, though, I mean, in the NFC, if you traded all three of your first, and I'm not sure that's how it would go down, for Russell Wilson, the Eagles are not only a playoff team, but an NFC contender. Yes, it would change the power structure for sure. And here's the other question. If the Packers or the Seahawks are forced into trading their star quarterback, would they even be talking to teams in the NFC? Wouldn't they rather send those guys to the AFC knowing that they're going to still get their package? Right. They're going to get a ton of picks from somebody. And and who cares if all three of those picks are this year? And maybe you don't even want all three picks this year. You're going to get a package of players and draft picks from somebody, why not send your star quarterback to the AFC so you don't have to ever worry about them you know, winning your conference and seeing them in the playoffs against you? Yeah, I, I think that's quite possible. Where I don't think Houston cares where Watson goes. They just have to get the right yes. deal and the right, right shooter, you know? Okay, so that leaves us with seven more teams, Matt. The Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos, the Detroit Lions, New Orleans Saints, Pittsburgh Steelers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Washington Commanders. I am confident that all of those teams will have new quarterbacks this year. Who will those quarterbacks be? Let's spin that quarterback carousel, Matt, on the next episode of Peacock and Williamson and find out who's going to be playing quarterbacks for all of these teams in 2022. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Dynasty with Matt Williamson. Check out Locked On NFL Draft, getting deep into draft season every single day right here on the network. Your team is covered no matter the sport. Matt and I back Monday right here. Peacock and Williamson.